Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Red Diamond Report Podcast. I'm your host, Wilton Jackson. And man, it's been about three years since I stepped behind the podcast microphone, but it is good to be back. Man, is it good to be back. Today, we have an exciting motivational episode for you. I sat down with Dr. Clarence Lee, an award-winning medical doctor and entrepreneur. He's a celebrated author, international speaker, CEO of CM Lee Jr. Company, and regularly appears on ABC, CBS, and Fox television stations. He was also recently listed as one of the top 40 black entrepreneurs by Yahoo Finance. But as he likes to put it, he's just a boy from Missouri who had dreams of greatness, but he overcame and persisted through the obstacles to achieve them. So sit back and get ready to learn as we talk persistence as the means to achieving your goals, his absent father, COVID-19, and much more. This is season one, episode one of the Red Diamond Report podcast, Keeping Persistence. Let's get it. Happy Friday, good people, and welcome to the Red Diamond Report podcast with your host, Wilton Jackson. And thank God it is Friday. It's been a long week, and I hope everyone is finishing the week strong, wearing your mask, of course, and staying safe. Today, we have Dr. Clarence Lee, who I spoke with for the first time about four summers ago when I was on an internship living between my frat brother's house in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I was really, really in a hard place. And we had a conversation that opened my eyes to a lot of things about life and not letting hard times humble you. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do and what you've been doing now over the last year or so with everything going on in the pandemic. I'm a practicing physician by trade. Um, So... I, uh, I manage a clinic for a large uh, medical group, um, and so you could say that's my nine to five. But then my my passion work is really in uh, personal development and uh, helping folks um, live a fulfilled life, uh, believing in their vision, and teaching persistence. And so, you know, if I had to share one one message with the world, I would share that the power of persistence is is a uh, kind of the main thing to success at least that's been my story and so you know like i said kind of knowing what you do but that that word that always stick that stuck with me um was that persistence and persist like so tell me a little bit about like how that has pretty much kind of guided you throughout your life yeah so yeah i I really didn't come from much i had this vision i wanted to be a doctor the year uh i was eight years old and um the first time i ever told somebody in my family that i wanted to be a physician i was laughed at and it was kind of like this, boy, how do you think you're going to do that? Look at where you're at. You, 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 your dad didn't finish college. Your mom didn't. How do you think you're going to do that, right? right. And I, I, I explain it in the, in the sense of like a trail. When you're a trailblazer, when you're trying to do something no one in your family has done, it's going to be difficult for you. And so for me, uh, you know, getting into medical school deemed really, really difficult. It took me five years to get in. I had to apply over 500 times. And most people, when I, when I tell them that, they say, well, how in the world did you try that many times? I mean, for that long, you know, didn't you want to quit? And yes, I did want to quit. And yes, there were down moments. And yes, I was depressed and all these things. But the one thing I, I have found that has separated me from the majority of my peers is that I just didn't quit on my dream. Just to give you an example, every single person that was in my a biology major, uh, biology department in undergrad said we want to be physicians. We all started out with that. I was the only one that that, that finished. Um, and it's not ability. It's it's not <laughs> capacity. Right. Um, it, it, it's none of that. It's really persistence. And so 
as you know, finally, when when I got into medical school and, and, and started to practice medicine, my eyes were really open to what was really possible for me. So through persistence, you will discover what you can do in your life. But without that persistence, you it's it's very difficult to realize dreams for yourself. And so I, I try to normalize the struggle, normalize the difficulty of living your dream, normalize that because everybody's going to have to go through that. The only difference is some people it breaks and the other people it built, it makes them stronger. So now when I come and I talk about persistence and I get on a podcast or I get on a, a stage or something, I'm speaking from a position of power having overcome struggle. So the very thing that breaks people ends up being the very thing that gives other people power once they overcome it. So I've tried to, with the framework, a mindset framework, if you're going through something, understand this is where you're building your strength. This is how you are being molded. This is how your character is built. And those moments have purpose. Um, but at the end of the day, just keep pressing. I try to tell people, if you have that vision, God's giving you the capacity to do it. I believe that in my heart of hearts. It's just a matter of time. And so as I continue to press, and I have so many stories about persistence in my life, every single time I've continued to press, um, I've grown um, and, I've, and I've accomplished the thing that I didn't quit. And so obviously there's more goals for me, so I'm, I'm still going. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like persistence is the, the one thing um, I, I want to share with people. You know, you still have the naysayers saying, oh, well, you're still not going to do it. Or, oh, you still have 5,000 other things to do before you actually get to it. What's that little spark inside that just makes you, that, that, that you know, that you kind of almost have to do to keep pressing forward? It's two things. So it's funny you mentioned this because I want to make sure I talk about both. One is um, I'll talk about some of the things I do to help me keep my belief level high. But then the second thing is, and this is just a, a simple realization that I was thinking about yesterday, and so funny you asked me this. If you are winning, if you are winning, meaning you want to be a success, that means you are going to automatically be set apart. Everyone doesn't always, everyone's not always celebrating your win. And so you have to understand, you're go some people are going to be upset if you're winning. That is just... It, it, because it, it just comes with the territory. So if you are a leader, you have to understand you're not always going to be supported because you're trying to lead. So sometimes you have a vision, you have something everyone can't see that puts you apart, and that, that, that separates you in a sense, not that you're different, but it, it makes something different about you because you have a vision. Sometimes... I say sometimes, but I can almost guarantee it. There's going to be people that are not going to believe. And so you have to be comfortable in that. I personally had to become comfortable standing by myself at times. And that's tough. I had to be comfortable encouraging myself at times. Right. I had to get comfortable dealing with me and what was going on in my brain. And so once I realized, hey, I have to be the one to continue to encourage myself because once I lose the vision, once I lose the belief, so that, that's the, the first one I was talking about. Once I lose the belief in my mind, it, it's a wrap. 
it's a wrap because now if I don't believe, I can't take steps. If I don't believe, I'm not talking to people or, or making connections. If I don't believe, I'm not pushing it out into the world. So the things that I do when I get low is I go back to the origination of who I am. Like, who, who am I? Who created me? How was I created? Um, and what is the, my, what is my X factor? What is the value I'm supposed to bring to the world? Every, everyone else has, everyone else has a different X factor. I have an X factor. So at the end of the day, if I'm down, things aren't going well, I say, well, what is it that I'm supposed to do in this world with my life? And I believe in my heart of heart, that is to encourage people. I, you know, I tell people I am the protector of other people's dreams. First, my dream. First, my dream. Now I want to protect other people's dreams, and so how I how I do that is is you know I'm, I'm Christian, so I go back to my to, to the foundation of why I'm why I believe the way I believe, um, and that's that's the core of who I am. And then once I know how I was created, who created me, what I'm intended to do with my life, then it's like okay, get back on a horse, try again tomorrow. And and the thing is with with persistence, a lot of people look at it as. I have to do this for so long. I have to do it for years. It's going to take me years. A lot of a lot of students they talk to me about well, how long did it take you to get into medical school? Oh my gosh! How long did you have to go to school? Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. If I can get you to commit to one day of doing everything that you can for one day, just today, tomorrow, wake up, renew yourself. Don't worry about that. Today, though. Let's do everything that we can. Let's encourage people as we can. Let's put our dream out. Let's send emails out. Let's do the calls. Let's make the content. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, let's just do it for today. That's that's it. And so when you're able to just focus on today's issues, you're able to just focus on your energy for today, that lessens that burden of the long haul. That lessens it because you're able to focus completely in the moment. And so for me, it was, hey, uh, I'm in medical school, and, and so I tell young folks, look, I didn't think I was going to die by the time I was 30. I didn't think I was going to die. So I was like, well, I'd rather be a doctor at 30 than not. So if I'm not going to die, if I plan to make it that far, I'd rather stay this path, and by the time I'm there, I'll have it. What trips a lot of people up is they look for the long haul and say, I'm going to go with what's quick. I'm going to go with what's fast. I'm going to go with what is more reasonable in my mind. And when you make that choice, you play short game. Short game, and I'm an entrepreneur, so we're going to talk money. Short game gets you short money. And not that also, not that everything's about money, but short game gets you short money. So if you're looking at career choice, um, if you're looking at, you know, Fulfilling your purpose, feeling the most fulfilled, you have to play long game. Play long game. So if you don't plan on dying by 30, you might be 20 now. If you don't plan on dying by 30, 10 years? What could you do in 10 years? How many people, this is what I told myself, I'm like, how many people I know in my family are 30? This dude ain't doing nothing. This dude, he, he, he made it to 30. What if I took my 10 years? of my 20s and I did something with it opposed to all the folks that you know that I saw they made it they made it they made it to 30 okay I'll probably might make it to 32 you know so 
but um but yeah you know it's it's that lessening that burden that it's going to take you know years even though it might and just focusing on that day and encouraging yourself that's that's uh that, that's critical and more so than anything um obviously staying you want them to stay passionate into their dreams and sometimes your dreams may not necessarily be your nine to five mm, absolutely um so one why i why i do what i do um is my biggest why is is my family so talking about how i grew up you know, my, my parents divorced when I was five. My dad left the house when I was five. One of the biggest pains that I had growing up was not having my father in my life. So no matter what I did, no matter what type of success I had, no matter I played basketball, there would be thousands of people in your thousands, bro, playing state for everything. And my dad wasn't there, and it was like wasn't nobody in there. I'd be getting interviews afterwards. I didn't. It didn't matter. My father wasn't there. So... The end of the story was that I had a lot of I had a lot of pain when it came to my family, and so one of the things I told myself was that I wanted to be a present father, that I wanted to be a, a different type of, of, of leader in the household. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my biggest drive is my family. So being a leader, being a provider, being a protector for my family, but then also being an example for my family. And the first thing that I want to be an example of is living your dream and adding as much value as you can to the world. So I don't want to be the parent that's like, oh, you can do everything that you, you can do whatever you want, baby. Just put your mind to your dream. Okay, did you live your dream? Hmm. Okay, so then what you're telling me, I'm looking at your life. you telling me I can do it, but I'm looking at that you didn't do it. And so I think us as, 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 as leaders in our community, especially as, as men of color leaders in our family, you got to be the first example. So, yes, you want to push people further than you. And oh, I want you to do better than me. Okay, good. Lead by example, though. Mm-hmm. And so for me, all right, my son will see, oh, yeah, my dad's a doctor. Oh, yeah, my dad's a, my dad's a business owner. Oh, yeah, my dad's a speaker. Oh, why is your dad doing that stuff? Because he thinks he can do it. Because he wants to do it. End of story. And he can do it. Right. If you can do it, do it. So that's what I tell people. Say, oh, I want to hoop. I want to do this. I want to do this. If you can do it, do it. Everybody can't hoop. So if you can hoop, do it. If you can if you can rap, do it. If you can sing, do it. Whatever you have, do it. But we are multi-talented people. I believe in my heart of hearts, all of us have multiple gifts. And I personally believe there's nothing. Listen, so you look at celebrities, right? And you say, Take a guy like Magic Johnson, because I've been watching him here recently. Take a guy like Magic Johnson. Well, dang, the dude was a hooper. Now the guy's a business owner. Now he owns sports teams. And now this dude is crushing over here. He's got real estate. How is it that he's doing all these other things all of a sudden? What's special about him is that his mindset is one of a winner. So it doesn't matter where he goes. He's going to win. He says, okay, um... Well, I think I could do real estate. I think I could. I think I could do well in real estate. He's going to win in real estate. Oh, I, I'm a basketball player. I think I'm going I'm to play basketball. You can. He's going to win in basketball too. So you know, um, for me, is having enough self awareness to know your gifts, know your gifts, do, do enough self reflection to know where you have gifts, and then 
look out into the world and say, where can I add value to the world and my gifts? And it doesn't just have to be in one arena. And, you know, and, and for me, uh, becoming a doctor was a big dream of mine. And then once I, once that was checked, the, the very next thought that came in my mind was, what's next? And the next next thing was business. And I started speaking and it was like, what's next? And it was like, I want to write books. And it was like, what's next? So, um, you know, that's just, maybe that's a, I don't know, maybe that's a, a, a downside of a, the achiever in me or <laughs> I just want to add, but there's always another thing for me, man, always. Right. Because um, I want to add value. What would you say by far are maybe two or three of the top things that you really had to overcome and use persistence? Number one thing, the second and third might come to me, but the number one thing for sure um, was um, getting through a divorce. My first marriage failed. And so I talk about, uh, I talked about my dad not being there, how I had so much pain and how I wanted to be a present father. Um, and then I'm getting ready to start uh, medical school, and my girlfriend at the time gives me a call, says she's pregnant, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be the deadbeat dad, like I'm about to be the very person that I never wanted to be, and so it was like, we got to get married, you got to come and stay with me, and uh, we got to be together, and all these things, and, and um, obviously that's that's not a, a strong foundation to build a, 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 mar- a marriage off of or between two people. And so I, it didn't work. And so, um, you know, you get married, you say you're going to spend your life with somebody, and you have that mindset, and then uh, it, it failed on me. And so I became my worst nightmare. I was living my worst nightmare. And for each person, it's different. But for me, I had built up the view or the the idea of being a deadbeat dad. I had, I had made that so repulsive if you will for me like I was so against it mm-hmm. then I became the very person now I'm I'm in Philadelphia medical school my daughter's in San Antonio Texas I'm halfway across the country I'm only seeing her every six to eight weeks how am I supposed to continue to believe that I'm not a debbie how am I supposed to tell myself that's okay right and so um that was some of the, that was the lowest point in my life. And I was clinically depressed. I didn't want to go outside. I was I was staying in my apartment all day, um, trying to get to a point where I could say that it was okay and believe that I could still have that dream of a family and being a present father and having kids in my in my in my house that were mine that I saw every morning. Um, and so, you know, it took me six months to get to an, a point and. Yeah, and I, you know, I, 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 I always go back to my faith, man, because I have to tell people, I gotta tell you the truth. Like, this is what I had to do to get through this. Every single morning, I woke up, I read the Bible for two to three hours. That was the only way I had enough energy to get enough, feed myself enough. Then it was like, okay, if this is what it says about me, then no matter what I've done, no matter what I've messed up, I can still live my dream. I can still have this, this, this this family that I want. And so, you know, um, coming through that, realizing that I was, it was okay, realizing that this was just something that happened to me. It wasn't my entire life, realizing that I still had value to bring to a woman, realizing that somebody would still want to be with me, even though I had baby mama drama and kid and all this, 
these are all the stories I told myself, but getting through to a point where I could still say to myself, that's okay, that happened. Okay, now what did you learn from that? And now how can you be so much more intentional in your next relationship, so much more intentional in how you date, so much more intentional with the actions that you make so that you won't ever find yourself back there. And so for me, that was the biggest Man, I tell you what, it was painful just trying to get through the cobwebs in my brain mm-hmm. to explain to myself that I still had value, even though all this stuff happened. And and let me tell you, my wife will, will tell you from our story, from meeting, I was like, bro, as soon as I met her, I was like, I ain't messing around. I was like, no, <laughs> listen, bro, I was... I'm talking and planned every best every single thing that I knew, the best that I knew I could do because I'm serious. Like, I'm serious. Like, I want this. I want a family. Like, this is what I want. This is why I'm trying to do this. I'm not playing around. Like, I'm, I've done all that. You know what I mean? But I know what I'm trying to get. And, uh, you know, and, and, and thank God things we're, we're, we're coming up on eight years this year. And, you know, we've got, like I said, I've got five kids and, um, I'm living my dream, and that was a dream of mine. From, from my, and that was a dream of mine that was building from five years old. And then I would probably say the next, um, gosh, man, the next one will be tough. But I probably would say, I mean, med school. I always tell the story, and I always kind of just like glaze over it because it's my it's my life. But I, I'd probably say that would be the next one, um, uh, because and I'll tell one story about that. Um, the third year I was trying to apply to medical school, um, I started to get scared. I didn't think I could do it. And, you know, I had, I had been applying, applied to almost every medical school in the U S I got, got rejected from every single one. So these hundreds of rejection letters and after three years, and I'm supposed to be a success in my family. I'm the first person with a four year degree. I'm the one when got educated and, and all this stuff. And then I'm, I'm sitting at home sleeping on my mom's couch and I got the degree. And I'm on anxious, like not being able to sleep, worried all night. Um, and in that moment, I started to look for a plan B. So it was three years in. So my plan B was like, okay, if I can't get into medical school, maybe I'll try another professional school. So I was like, okay, let me try optometry school. I'm like, I like glasses. Like, I wear contacts, you know. Maybe I can be <laughs> eye doctor. You know what I mean? I'm like, right, let me try that. Right, right. You know, and um, I got I got accepted on the wait list of a school actually in, in Memphis. So I went to the interview. I got I got put on a wait list. The school called me up and said, hey, uh, Clarence, we just want to make sure that if we give you this seat, if we call you and say you're off the wait list again, we want to know that you're going to be here. And, you know, in that moment, I asked myself, was taking plan B okay for the rest of my life? Because if I decided that I was going to go this route, I was going to be an eye doctor, that was going to be my life. And I said to myself, plan B is not good enough for my life. Now, if I go to McDonald's and they say, hey, we don't got ketchup today and I want my burger. I said, you know, go ahead and give me the the burger without the the ketchup. That's fine. That's a compromise. I'll get today. You know, I'm okay with that. But this compromise was going to be for the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I, in that moment, that was that was the defining moment for me because I turned down the opportunity to become an optometrist just to apply again to medical school. 
and and you know, as it may be, God so fits, also fit. The very next year, I got accepted into a postback program. I was in medical school the next two years after that. After I made that decision, two years I was in. So, um, you know, in those down moments, I would just encourage people um, to. Do what you need to do to believe in yourself and, and ask yourself, is a compromise uh, good enough for your life? And if it's not, then go after the thing that is worth uh, using your life to pursue. And with sports, like I said, obviously medical doctor, you know, high profile entrepreneur. But, you know, your core, I, from what I can gather, um, you, you really like sports. Pretty, pretty good at it, too. You know, I was looking on your Instagram page last night. I was like, "Oh, he has some moves." Like, he, like he, like he was, he was hoping, hooping, as they would say on the yeah. court. So, yeah. um, like, you know, how did sports kind of not only change your life, but you know, I'm sure there were lessons that you learned from playing basketball that you were able to carry, uh, moving forward throughout your life. Yeah. Absolutely. So the first, I would probably say, sports was the first example of my life where pure hard work, I could turn myself into something. So, meaning, and, you know, where I grew up, different things were held in in high esteem. But, like, in my neighborhood, if you could hoop, it was like, it was held way up here, way more than if you had straight A's in school. Like, if you had straight A's in school, it was was just like, oh, okay, you're a nerd. You can hoop. It was like, oh, no, no, no. He hooping. Like, you know, he hoop. He cold. He cold. So, um, basketball was the first example of my life where I literally said, I want to be a shooter and I want to be good at this. And I just went out there every single day and I shot the ball over and over and over and over again. Millions of times shooting the ball. Um, and I turned myself into a shooter. And so it was the first kind of real tangible physical example, because you can do it with your mind as well. It was the first physical example where I put the time in, 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 and now all of a sudden I got the ball in this game and I hit the shot, you know? And so, you know, sports was just the first example of my life where hard work, you can make yourself something. You can make your, you can transform how people think about you. Because, you know, it was like I get on the court now and it was like, you know, summers and summers of just playing and playing. And then all of a sudden, three, four summers later, I get on the court now and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't God, leave him I'm open. Gonna him. <laughs> Who going to hold him? You going to hold him. I got to hold him. You know, so it you change. You, you, you literally changed who you were. And, um, you, know, uh, you know, I think sports, especially team sports, I think – there is so much opportunity to learn life lessons in playing sports because one, there's a mental piece. And I was a, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a, a mind case. It was like, if I felt I was going to be on, or if I felt I was hot that day, boom, 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 boom. Like I would hit him. If I, if I had a bad streak or I missed the last three shots and the thoughts in my head became, man, maybe I'm not the shooter, man, maybe I'm not the guy man, maybe maybe I'm not as good as, as I thought I was. It was like I couldn't make any shots. But as soon as I got my mindset back to I am the guy, I can't make the shot, I do want the ball, it would fall. And so the second thing I learned from sports was your mindset matters. Like how you 
think if you think you're gonna make the shot, it's very different if you think you're gonna miss it. And if can I explain it in a tangible way? It's scientifically proven, but tangibly, no. It's just a simple change in how you think. And so one of the things uh, I'll probably say the last lesson from sports I'll share is that my confidence was always based in my preparation. And this is how I learned this after years of playing basketball. For me, I had to be in there shooting the shots because if I prepared, it gave me more confidence because if I did it and if I just, if I just was at the court yesterday shooting and I made 100 in a row, I was more confident and ready for the game shot because I had been preparing all week for it. Whereas when I wasn't preparing, I wasn't as confident because I didn't put in the time that week to shoot. And so, you know, if you're looking to grow confidence in any area of your life, one thing I learned from basketball was prepare more. Just prepare more. Whatever you're trying to perform, whatever you want your performance to be, pre-perform that in preparation. So for me, it was shooting, 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 shooting. The more I prepared, the more I shot, the better I performed. And so, and, and the more confidence I was able to have. Because some people say, oh, this guy's just confident. And that's, for me, it wasn't always that. My confidence went up the more I prepared. And so you can be confident in your preparation. And that is something that you can intentionally do. Right. You can intentionally work on preparing. You can intentionally practice, right? You may not be able to guarantee your performance in the game, but you can definitely guarantee that you can prepare, you know, to do well. Kind of switching gears really quick. So obviously, you know, medical doctors still still seeing patients in a in a pandemic like what has that been like for you being on the front lines of dealing with this and, you know, with everything still going on? Um, it's been crazy. I mean I, I can't even it has been nuts. Um, you know, the patient volumes have gone up. People are um, just scared just in general. So, you know, for me, what I have tried to do, my approach to seeing patients has been more of, okay, let me give you as much information as possible. And then, you know, let me let me encourage the patient that, okay, we're going to get through this. This is, the, this is the part of the process of getting through it. But, you know, it has been, you know, it's been, it's been bananas, man. I mean, it's just, before, as a physician, you're in a, you know, you're in a room with the patient. Before it was, you know, hands on, and you know, and now it seems like there's a barrier of, that you have to, you know, break through. You know, they, I'm all covered up, and I can't, t- you know, and so it, it's just, uh, and I think uh, also in in the community, it's it's this, you know, this distancing um, that we're that we're having to do. But you know, it's been it's been crazy. But you know, I'm I'm dedicated to. I have I have the knowledge. I know um, a, l- a lot more. This is my profession, so I, I know and I've studied uh, viruses and you know the human body's response to viruses and, and immunity and all these things. So for me, it's like I have the information. I want to be able to share and educate uh, the patients as they come as they come in, and I want them to leave that interaction um, feeling. Uh, feeling confident that they're going to be able to beat this, even if they have COVID, if their family has COVID. And just, you know, for us, I feel like the human, the human species, we're resilient. We're going to get through this. This is, you know, a struggle for us right now. It's a struggle for the world. We're going to come out better on the other side. And so we're learning. And I think one thing that's been really crazy about this, the COVID pandemic is 
this has been a real clear example where the general public has gotten to see doctors learn in real time. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? I didn't study COVID in, in, in medical school. Right. So we got to, you know, we're learning real time. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I, I know we're coming through this. I, I believe in, uh, in, in human spirit. We're going to, we're going to develop what we need to develop to, to get to the other side of this. Um, you know, so, it, but it, yeah, it's been, it's been nuts. I'm in there every day <laughs> and, uh, you know, the patient volume has gone up. People are getting sicker. So, but you know, we're, we're doing the best that we can and we're learning every single day. So for people that want to know more about you or, you know, to, you know, gain more information about you, like what can they do and what, what, what would you encourage people to do? You know, obviously in a, in a pandemic, uh, and just, you know, just throughout their lives moving forward, how do you get through this and how can people, you know, learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. So, um, you can, you can go to my, my website is, is clarencelejr.com. Um, you can find out all the things I do, the books, um, my, my speaking, my online courses. You know, one of the things that, um, I've been encouraging people to do now in, in this pandemic is, is, is do what you can do. So, control what you can control there's a lot of things that are you know out of you know out of your hands a lot of stuff that is a lot of decisions that are made for you but there's still lots of decisions in your life that you can make uh, you can you can exert control over and so um i have this i have a my persist institute which is my kind of like online mastermind uh group i kind of created it a, a couple years ago because i was looking to facilitate um bringing people that were motivated and, 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 and encouraged and had a big dream for their life, bring them together, um, encourage them and teach them kind of personal development skills. So my thing and now is that if you're in a pandemic, instead of sitting back and saying, man, I'm just going to wait till it's all over and, you know, it's slow and, you know, when this, you know, when this pandemic over, I'm going to go, go out there and get it. It's like actually take advantage of this time, actually take advantage of being at home or being online um take advantage of that and so you can develop yourself either physically you know mentally emotionally spiritually but you can make a an exerted effort to be intentional with your time right now and so i would encourage people you know as we come through this and we're yeah you know, i feel like maybe we're close to the end maybe we're halfway there you know right. as you have this time be intentional about growth in one area of your life you know, maybe maybe it's mindset work. Maybe, you know, get to the gym. Maybe you want to lose some weight. Maybe it's, hey, I want to pick up meditation. Maybe it's, you know, I want to run more or whatever it is. Control what you can control and be intentional, intentional with your time. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. Make sure to follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. Stay tuned for episode two of the Red Diamond Report podcast next Friday. Same time, same place. Until then, make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at the RDR Report and follow me on Twitter at Wilson Reports and IG at Wilson Reports underscore.